wife and sons needed. The family lacked nothing except for a happy father. Once one of the sons asked, Dad, why you do all this for us? His answer was, I'm legally married to your mother. You are my dependents. It's my responsibility to pay for you. Ah, that wasn't the answer the boy was expecting. And later in life, he understood why father was so sad. And everyone, when everyone else was enjoying the goodies, obligations and responsibilities had replaced love. Let us show our love to God in our giving. With the Reach BC and Yukon offering, it goes to help provide for the needs of the conference. It will help pro with uh, providing for our camp meeting coming up in August. Please give cheerfully. And thank you, Spencer, for, for playing uh, as we have the offering. Dear Lord, we ask you to bless this offering. May it be used to your honor and glory, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. As we prepare for prayer, would you join me in singing, Make Me a Servant? And may this be the prayer of each of us today. Make me a servant. 
Shall we bow? Dear Father in heaven, we bow before you this morning to praise your name. You are the creator, the sustainer, and the ruler of this universe, and we count it such a privilege that we can actually come and talk to you and know that you hear us. We are here not only to praise your name, but we'd like to more, more to experience more of your goodness. And we pray that there will be no distractions to our minds and hearts while we are experiencing worship today. Please remove all the disturbances. Help us not to notice. Help us to be focused on you because we don't want to miss anything. And don't let us distract ourselves so that we miss what we came here to get. More about you, your goodness, and your love. And so now we ask that you will please bless the whole congregation, bless the speaker, bless each of us individually, and we ask this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Children's story if all the kids could come up front. Good morning. Um, I hope you guys are doing good. Um, today I am going to tell a story um, about a king. And this king, he had a beautiful palace. He had a beautiful kingdom. And he had everything that he, that he wanted. He had lots of horses. He had lots of gold, um, good food. He had everything you could think of. But there's one thing that this king did not have he did not have a wife. And not because he wasn't good looking, he was actually very good looking, but he just didn't think of it. Until one day, the king was walking through his palace and he felt very lonely. So he thought, you know what? I think it's about time to get myself a queen to help me rule this kingdom. But he didn't know who to choose because the kingdom had lots of beautiful women that he could choose from to be um, queen. So he decided to call all the, all the women from, from the kingdom to come and um, present themselves before him. So the guards went, his servants went and called all the, 
the beautiful ladies from, from the kingdom and brought before the king. So the king gave to each woman um, a pot or a jar with dirt. And to each lady, he gave a seed. And he said, I want each of you to plant this seed, go home, plant the seed, and take care of the seed. And in a few months, I'm going to call all of you back. And I want to see who has the, the prettiest flower or the prettiest plant. And whoever has the prettiest plant is going to be my queen. So all the women were excited. The ladies went home, and they planted the seed, and they watered it and took care of it. And then a few months later, the king called all of them back. So all of them came back, and you could see that all of them had their jars, and they all had beautiful, beautiful flowers and plants. They all grown and, and all sorts of colors as well. But there was this one, um, one lady that she, her pot was empty. And the king was like, what happened to you? All these ladies, they all have beautiful plants, beautiful flowers, and you just show up with an empty pot? What's the matter with you? And this lady said, I'm so sorry, king. I did everything I could. I planted the seed you gave me, and I watered it. I gave it sunlight. I even sang to the plant, but it didn't, it didn't grow. Nothing happened to it. I'm so sorry. And then the king look, looked at her, looked at all the other women before her, and she said to, and he said to his servants, bring her the crown. And everyone was com confused. What happened? She doesn't even have a flower. Why is she getting cho being chosen? And then the king said, all the seeds that I gave to you were dead seeds. They weren't supposed to grow. And somehow, all of you, but for one woman, showed up here with flowers. And those seeds weren't the seeds I gave, it to, I gave you because they were all dead. That means that this is the only woman that was telling the truth and the only one worthy of the, tr of the throne. And the king married that, that um, lady and she became a great queen. You know, um, this, this story tells us, it shows us that honestly, honesty and truth is actually more valuable than pretty flowers or anything good that we can have God sees, sees us this way. He'd rather have us tell, tell our parents, our friends, or people the truth and be honest with them than to try to look good just to cover up something that did not happen. So when you go home today or the rest of your life, actually, remember to be honest. Remember to always tell the truth because honesty is more valuable than pretty flowers. Okay, let's pray. Um, dear Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you so much because um, you know our hearts and you are always telling us new lessons. And we want to ask you that you may help us to be honest and always tell the truth. And um, be with us the rest of the Sabbath day. And thank you for the sunshine outside. That's what we ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, you can go back to your seats now.
Good morning and happy Sabbath. I'd like to introduce our speaker for this morning. Her name is Jackie, Jackie Barker. She is a mother of two and a wife of one. She's an elementary teacher focusing on special education. She comes to us from Quinnell, and I got the privilege of meeting Jackie last week. It's like we were swapping. I was speaking in Quinnell last week and yes. met Jackie, and uh, now Jackie's here. So she's here because this month, as you all know, our theme is hope and healing. And Jackie is here to share her experience with a bout of colon cancer. And um, she's going to share about the hope and the healing. Jackie loves serving the Lord, and um, we're very blessed to have her with us this morning. Thank you. <laughs> Morning, church, and happy Sabbath. Can we all stand? We be here for the reading of the scripture. Our scripture reading today is taken from Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 6. I'm reading from the King James Version Bible. Behold, I will bring it health and cure, and will cure them, and I will reveal unto them the abundance of peace and truth. May the Lord add his blessings to his holy word. May please sit.
Thank you to Daisia for that beautiful song. And thank you everyone for having me here this morning, sharing your pulpit. It's the first time I'm here in this section of the church. I think I came last year to the women's ministry breakfast morning in that section, but I didn't come in this section. So thank you, it's beautiful and all you are wonderful and your smiling faces make me feel welcome so thank you and thank you for giving me this opportunity to share my testimony with you today I feel very honored to be before you as I give cheers to the goodness of God you know when we do something good we like to know that we're cheered and somebody say yay so today we're giving God all the praise and thanks due to his name for what he has done for me and I know that he has done lots of things for you. I'm not a preacher, right? I'm just a teacher, so you may not hear all the big fancy words that the preachers use. You'll hear the teacher in me. Okay, let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this beautiful Sabbath day. We thank you that we can come in your house to give you praise and to give you glory. May your Holy Spirit be with us, guide and direct our hearts and when we leave here, may we all be closer drawn to you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Now, I am a product of prayer and of the goodness of God. This season of my life has taught me numerous valuable lessons. And I have also developed, and I'm still working on that, I'm developing a deeper appreciation for the giver of life, who is God himself. I know, and I've always known, that death can happen to anyone. 
But I could not have imagined being in a situation where I could be experiencing drastic changes in my body. And they were happening so quickly that I felt as though my body was just shutting down. As scary as it was, I was confident that God was with me every step of the way, every moment of my life. Now last year, 2021 was quite memorable. There were great times and not so great times. And I was so happy that I made it to December. Like, yay, I love Christmas, right? And I was just beginning to enjoy the beginning of the festivities as it was the last week of school. And teachers would know when the last week of school comes, how stressful that could be. You're just looking forward like, this is over. I'm going to be home with my family. And I'm just going to have a wonderful time. And I was like living my best life at school, at home, and wherever I was. And then, boom, I got the news. It was a cancer diagnosis. Who wants to hear that any time of the year? Much more now, this happy time Christmas, right? Everyone is so excited and happy. How can I tell my family? How could I break this ugly news to my family? I didn't have a clue of what was happening in my colon because I'm there going. No pain, no reason to think that something is wrong. I'm just going quite nice and happy, right? How could me, I, you know, Jackie, have stage three colon cancer? Not just the beginning, you know, not stage one, not stage two, but stage three. I was not feeling sick, and neither was I consciously aware that things were not what they should be. It was only after a full physical checkup that it was discovered, right? Regular checkups are necessary, and these should not be overlooked, as early detection saves lives. And I can see, you can speak after me. I can, right? Now, this experience has taught me lots of things. But one of the most important things that I've learned is that a cancer diagnosis is not a death sentence. Many times you hear, oh, somebody has cancer. Oh, and we're wondering, oh, are they going to make it? How is they doing? And we, right? But a cancer diagnosis is not necessary. It's not a death sentence. It is the first step in the healing process. Healing is not an event. It's a process, right? It's quite a miracle, but it is a process. <clears throat> Sorry. Never in my crazy imagination, and those who are close to me know that I have a great imagination, <laughs> and we call it creativity, right? You'd be very, a creative mind, thinker. <clears throat> Never in my imagination was there a thought of a tiny spot of cancer invading my body much more my colon. Well, I'm a woman, right? And you hear different kinds of cancers that can affect women, so fine. But you see, I grew up in a yard that had lots of fruit trees. 
My father made sure he planted mangoes, cherries, guavas, all pineapples. I didn't snack on ch chips and processed snacks. My snack was fresh fruits, right? And also, my mother went to the market every day to get fresh vegetables. So my food that I grew up on, it didn't come from a refrigerator. My mother cooked every day fresh fruits, and I, sorry, vegetables, and I had fresh fruits every day. And I make sure that I drink lots of water every day. The first thing when I wake up in the morning, there's a, some water at my bedside and I take a drink. The last thing before I go to bed, I drink some water, so because I have to take care of my colon. My children make fun of me because they tell them, you need to eat your veggies to keep your colon clean, right? <laughs> and they were like, oh, so they know that, that line by heart. Okay, eat your veggies to keep your colon clean, right? So, however, I was not, I was in a tricky situation. I was not surprised when I got the diagnosis, even though I wasn't kind of expecting something like that to happen to me. Because you see what happened that morning, the morning of my colonoscopy, which I debated a lot, should I have a colonoscopy, should I not? That's not a nice thing to do. And then I said, you know, I'm gonna do it. And I did it because I'm like, I'm not sacred. And I said, you know, I'm just going to do it. So the morning of the colonoscopy, the devotional reading was about a young mother. And she had, um, uh, she was diagnosed with some form of ther terminal cancer. And she decided, come what may, whatever the results are, how it's, ever it ends, she is not going to stop trusting God. And the text of meditation for that day was trust in the Lord, do good, and thou shalt dwell in the land. Verily, thou shalt be filled. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy ways to the Lord, Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Oops, sorry. Here it is. Because I kind of looked there. I was looking so. <laughs> the other side. Okay. At the end of the devotional reading, there were two questions. The first one was, do you trust God in every circumstance? And the second one was, do you trust him even when he delays in answering your request or answer contrary to what you had hoped? And I thought of those two questions. Do you trust God in every circumstance? Then I prayed silently. I thank God for preparing me for what I was going to hear that day. I said, God, Father, I don't feel sick. 
Neither do I think I have cancer, but you know everything that I don't. Then I went into the, get the colonoscopy. When I woke up, I looked around and I saw the surgeon and he was looking kind of uneasy. He was kind of pacing and I'm like, mm, this is not nice, this right. And he asked, who is taking you home? I said, Dale, that's my husband. He said, oh, he can come in because he can hear what I have to say to you. I was like, okay. He said, I saw a mask on your colon. I looked at Dale and I said, don't worry. We are going to have a great Christmas. And after that, whatever happens after, because it was close to Christmas, right? Now, well, that was the beginning of the roughest roller coaster ride I have ever had. It was worse than the Mindbender ride at the West Edmonton Mall. I don't know how many of you have been on that ride, but I can tell you that ride really bent my mind from roller coaster rides. I was there waiting, and, and I'm seeing all the people they're going on the ride, and they're like, and I'm like, why don't these people enjoy the paid money? Just enjoy the ride and stop screaming. And they were going up and down and screaming. Then it was my turn. And I went up. I'm like, yay, this is good. If when I'm going to heaven through the clouds, I'll be feeling like this. Hi, 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 woo. And then it was like, shh. And then is when I started. They're like, woo, this is how I'm going to feel if I'm going to hell because this is death. <laughs> right? And then I understood why the people were screaming, and I understand why the Bible says, judge not. <laughs> when you're in it, it's different. When you're on the outside looking on, it's like, mm, you can find all the reasons to judge. So I'm like, okay. Right? Now, I've had some really high highs, and I've had some very low lows. And I had some long nights, and many or numerous uncertain days. The hospital is my least favorite place to visit. However, during this time, I had a kind of a paradigm shift, you know. I have developed a greater respect for the healthcare workers, especially those on the night shift. It's not easy. Those people, whole day, whole night, bing, bing, bing. And they want to hear, right? So I guess. So after the colonoscopy, I was there on Monday. On Tuesday, I was back at the hospital to get the CT scan. When I was leaving, the technician said, ah, you know, you'll hear from your doctor next week. Then she looked at the screen, and her whole demeanor changed. She said, no, you're going to hear from him tomorrow. And I was like, OK, this is more interesting. But. I heard from him the very night, a few hours later. The call came, the news is not good. Okay, now my husband was kind of out of it. I was like, Fidart, the news is not good, but I will be good. I will be good. Like, you know why I would be good? Because of this text. It says, yet, it is found in Isaiah 44, 1 and 2, yet no, 
Now hear, O Jacob, my servant, and Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus said the Lord that made thee, and formed thee from the womb, which will help thee. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and thou, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. And I thought about these things, and I was like, you know what? We all know Jacob, right? The story of Jacob. Jacob was not one of the admirable characters in the Bible. He, from in the womb, he was causing trouble, right? Until he was changed to Israel. And I'm like, if God said to Jacob that he should not fear, he is saying to Jackie, fear not. I am going to be with you. I have formed you. I made you and formed you from the womb. And because of that, God knows everything about me, and he is going to be with me. And ironically, my name, Jackie, is it, and I looked at the meaning, it's the female version of Jacob. I was like, oh my goodness, Jacob, right? He had some, his name means not some, some not so good characteristics, like deceiver. I'm like, no, I don't deceive, go about deceiving people, supplanter and those things. But there was also another meaning. It says, may God protect. And I'm like, yes, God, you're going to protect me from this, right? And I claimed that. I said, yes, may God protect me. But I have to have that faith to believe. And in Hebrews 11:1, 1, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So here I am. I know that. I was diagnosed. But I still have, I'm not treated as yet or anything, but I have that faith that God is going to see me through. So now the following day, I'm back in my family doctor's office, listening to all that he has to say and how he would do and what cannot be done. And then while just as about, as we were about to leave the office, he said something that I would never forget. He said... I cannot promise you anything, but we will do all we can to make you better. Fair enough, I respect that, yes. He was honest, he couldn't promise me anything. He can do, they can only do what they can do. And then as I was leaving, I pondered those words and I thought of all the numerous promises, all the unlimited promises in the Bible. Because every verse in the Bible can be a promise if we take it in its context or to meet our needs. And as I went home, I started my journal. And in this journal, I wrote, everything promised, everything guaranteed. That's what my God said. Because he is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And he cannot lie. And if he says those things in the Bible and he says, believe, if you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, you can move mountain. And I said, and I wrote here, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. And that's found in Isaiah 42 verse one and two. And then I say, I really had a lot of hospital visits, so I had to be back the following day at the surgeon's office to talk about the results of the CT scan. 
and I'm looking at his screen and he's showing me all inside of me and this is very large intestines and small intestines, liver and kidneys and all of that. And he's showing me, okay, here is where it's affected and here is where we're going to have to remove. And, and I'm like thinking, wow, the psalmist was so right when he said, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul know it right well. Now, I have seen, you know, diagrams of the digestive system. You Google it, you see that in the textbook. But I was looking at me, and I'm like, hey, this is me. That little part is kind of damaged, but it's still me, and it's, it's amazing structure that God has made. And I said, you know what? My body is God's temple, and it's an amazing structure. And now... It is being attacked by cancer. No, that's not right. If this temple is destroyed, where would God dwell? I want him to dwell in me. And so if it's destroyed, then he has to go find somebody else. I know he wants to be in everybody, but I still want him in me, right? So like, no. So now when I was studying at the Northern Caribbean University in Jamaica, I came across a text, that's an Adventist, the Seventh-day Adventist University, a few years ago. I was doing my master's there. I came across this text, and it says, For thus said the Lord of hosts, after the glory he had sent me unto the nations, which spoiled you, for he that toucheth you, toucheth the apple of my eyes. I'm like, wow, you know? And from the time I saw this text, I always liked it. It's one of my favorite texts. And it says, he that touched me. And I'm like, oh, cancer, you're touching me, and you are touching the apple of God's eye. Now, you are the apple of God's eye, and you, and we all are. You just have to claim this little text this found in Zechariah chapter 2, verse 8. Now, cancer is a beast. It's not nice. And that beast touched my body. But God said in his word, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And I claimed that. I was like, yes. He didn't say that nothing will touch you. He said that if it, it can touch you, but it will not prosper. And I'm like, yes, it will not prosper. And why it wouldn't prosper? Because he was wounded. He, Jesus, speaking about Jesus, he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Now let's look at the pronouns here. First, he, Jesus, was wounded for our, oops, sorry, for our sins, every one of us in here. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Now, that's inclusion. Our means that I'm part of that. 
And I'm like, yes. If he was beaten and he got those stripes for my healing, it's up to me to claim that healing, right? Because it happened a long time ago. So it's for me now to claim it. Now this gave me hope and I said, yes, I'm going to hold on to it. So it was the last day of school, Christmas, at school for Christmas break, and I'm there sitting at my office, and I'm like thinking, I have so many things to do. I have to let my family know about my condition. I didn't tell them, really. I have to put things in place, because if I know that I have to get a surgery, and I won't be able to go to work, and I'm thinking all these things. And then, like, you know, it says, well, all these thoughts are just going in my head. I'm a cancer victim. And how is, what is my future going to be like? And I'm just, all these thoughts uh, just swirling around. So I decided to leave to just go and visit some few classrooms to see what's going on and just have some small talks with the children and the teachers and so on. When I was coming back, a little girl ran to me and she said, Mrs. Barker, how is it your hair is always neat every day and you're always looking so nice? I'm like, hmm. Well, I told her, what I'm thinking, they're seeing this well put together person ready for the day's job every day, but they do not know what's happening behind this mass. And I'm thinking, there are so many other people like that around us. We look at the person beside us on the streets, at work, at church, wherever we go, and we say, okay, you're all looking nice and well put together, but what's going on? So. I thought, you know, whenever we see anyone, just be nice and kind. Even if they're unkind to us, we don't know what they're experiencing, right? Because it's just, man, look at it on the outward, but what's going on, only God knows, right? And then as I was thinking, I thought about the time when the disciples, those seasoned fishermen were in the boat, and the storm came, and Jesus was fast asleep in the boat, the people on the other side will say, oh, it's just a storm. They're seasoned fishermen. They shouldn't be afraid of that. But then they were. And Jesus awoke. He rebuked the storms. And they said, peace be still. And it was calm. And from that moment to this day, I have that peace. And I claim that peace. And I said, Lord, give me that peace and calm to go through this journey. Right. I accepted the journey because I know it was not going to be easy. Because as I, as I said, when you pass through the waters, the text I read before from my journal, that I will be with you. Whatever happens, I say, claim. I said, Lord, I know it's not going to be easy, but you're going to be with me. So my surgery was scheduled for January 19th, last January. And I got a call saying, a few days later, saying, oh, it was, you can come in for surgery on January 7th. I was like, okay, the faster this is out of me, it's better for me because I don't want not another cancer cell growing inside of me, right? Because I am quite a ways from the three score year and 10. <laughs> so if, I don't want anything to shorten that for me, right? <laughs> So, and I said, okay, fine. So I had the surgery, and I'm home rec recuperating, and I was listening to the news one day. Then I heard 
As of January 19th, all non-essential surgeries will be suspended until further notice. I was like, praise God. But then at the same time, I was like, oh no, because there, were this, the, there was a lady, uh, she was like in tears saying that she was waiting for a surgery since last year. September or October and they kept putting it off and then there was a mother with a little child that needed the surgery and a teenage boy he said he was dressed four times to go into the operating room and the actor they told him that he has to leave and I'm like God you are good please help those persons who need those surgery to get them on time but I'm praising you for what you have done for me it was a miracle right I knew I had an amazing medical team, and I have an awesome support team also. My husband, my children, my siblings, my friends, I had the church family, I have an awesome support team. And I was confident that they would do their best to make sure that I'm well taken care of. But I was trusting God for complete healing like the way he did when Jesus was on earth, how he healed people. I did not pray for remission because remission means that it's their dormant waiting to raise its ugly head again. I do not want that. So I said, Lord, I prayed, Lord, complete healing. I do not want anything inside of my body that should not be there, right? So, and our Scripture reading today, our text, oh no dear, it says in Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 6, and I claim this promise, it says, behold, I will bring it health and cure. I will cure them and will reveal unto them the abundance of peace and truth. That is what I claim, healing, complete healing and cure, right? And as I reflected on all the ways Jesus healed, and well, I had a lot of time at home. I'm home alone, they was at work, the children at school, and I'm home alone from January until now, so I had a lot of time on my hands. And I would read and I would, and I would reflect on the ways that Jesus healed. And I'm saying, he healed in different ways, so he must find a way to heal me. Then I thought of the leper. He was there and, oh, sorry, no, okay. I just have the text here, I thought I had it there. There was this leper and he was an outcast in society but he needed to be healed and he had to get to Jesus for healing. So when Jesus came down from the mountain, the great multitudes followed him and the leper came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if thou canst make me clean, well, sorry, the Lord, if thou will, you can make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand, touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy was cleansed. The leper asked for healing. And Jesus healed him. So I was there, okay, Jesus, please heal me. You granted the leper his request, and please heal me, right? Then there was the woman 
had an issue of blood for 12 years. She was in a very uncomfortable position for 12 years, right? And she was there, and she was thinking, if I could only but get to touch his clothes because I should not be here. First, I'm a woman. Two, I'm an unclean. That makes me an unclean woman, right? And she was like, if I could just but touch his clothes, then I would be healed. And Jesus, and she got a touch of it. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out from him, turned about in the press or in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? I could imagine how embarrassed that woman was, but she was embarrassed and happy and joyful. And all at the same time, I could guess all a wide variety of emotion just overflowed her. And the disciples were like, Jesus, some master, something is wrong. There, look how many people here. How can you say who touched you? Everybody is touching you. He said, no. Because virtue had left me. And I'm like, virtue? What is virtue? And I mean, what is virtue? And you know, virtue has to do with your morals, you know, how yeah, your character. That didn't leave. And then I was like, oh, it also means power. And I'm like, Lord, whatever virtue is, because I don't know Hebrew, I don't know Greek, I don't know Arabic, all I know is English and some Creoles, and whatever virtue is, please for some of that virtue, please take some virtue from you and just let it come into me. And I'm like, yes, thank you, Jesus, for that. Then I thought of the woman with a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. Remember we said before that healing is a process. This woman waited 18 years to be healed. But this time, the first, the leper, he went to Jesus and asked to be healed. The second instance, the woman just wanted to touch his clothing and virtue left Jesus. And here, thirdly, here's a woman who has been sick for 18 years. But this time, she was so bent over, Be physically bent over, and I, if you're sick for 18 years, I could, she was weighed down, I guess, too, depressed and stressed, and she couldn't even raise her head, and she was bent over. And Jesus, he, when he saw her, he called her to him and said, woman, thou art loosed. Thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And he laid his hand on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. I was like, oh, that's another way Jesus can heal. So after I finished reading that text, I raised my hand right in my tongue, and I said, Lord, please make that declaration to me today. Just say, woman, thou art loosed. And I said, thank you, Jesus. You lose that woman, and you are going to just lose this woman here today, right? And fourthly, I read about the man blind from birth. So here is this guy. He was blind. He was born blind. He was not responsible for his blindness. He was born blind. Yet the disciples who passed him every day, 
They're going to ask Jesus, whose fault is this? Because he was blind. Was it his fault? What can a baby in the womb do to become blind? I was trying to imagine, right? And, or was it his parents' fault that he was born blind? And is it because in that time they felt that that was a curse. You're sick. When you're cursed, you do something bad that the Lord has cursed you. That's why you're sick, suffering from whatever. But Jesus said, no, not this guy. This guy is quite an innocent guy. He didn't do anything, neither did his parents. But that, my, my father's name would be glorified. You know, and there are many persons who, when you hear, oh, you have colon cancer, oh, you need to change your diet. Persons who have never even seen me lift the fork to my mouth, we want to say, oh, it's because of what you're eating, right? And then, you know, when you go to the doctors and they would check off, oh, do you drink? You have to check off, the, do you smoke? Do you exercise, right? So they're checking to see, not to blame, but to find, you know, okay, what could have been the possible cause of this condition? And I'm thinking, oh, I don't drink, I don't smoke, and you know, and I'm just chickens. And all I concluded was, is that this has happened so that I can really give God the glory and praise and help others to know that God is still in the healing business, right? Now, everything was going fine after the surgery. Got it in January and recuperating nicely. If I didn't tell someone that I had a surgery, they would not have known. I could have walked, hopped, jumped, skipped. I could have done whatever. Until I started using, I started getting chemo. Right? I was prescribed four doses of chemo over a three-month period. That's what I should have had. Now, it started off pretty well. Those pills were huge. When you hear about a huge pill to swallow, uh -huh. so there were lots of pills, and there were four pills that I had to take, three very big ones and one not so big one. And I would be like, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, please heal this broken body of mine. That's the fourth one. And I would say that morning, and evening, whenever I took those pills, because I had to pray for those things to go down, because they were huge. And so like, okay. But in that, I was praying for healing, right? And I, even though I wasn't f feeling better, because chemo is, I want to say it's worse than the cancer, because I didn't even know I had it in the first place. So I was there. And I remember feeling sick and feeling tired and just not being myself anymore. And it's just going down, 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 down. And then on Valentine's Day, I had a very unusual experience. I said, OK, I'm not feeling so bad, but I can make a cake for my husband. It's Valentine's Day. So I got up and I went to the kitchen, put out the ingredients and everything. And just as I was about to get the cake mixer, an unusual feeling came over my body. I felt like a jelly. I had no strength, none whatsoever. I just felt weak and like everything was just 
off. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what is this? So I held on to the countertop and I hobbled across until I get to the dining area and I sat on the chair and just lay on the table like, oh. And I'm thinking, I'm home alone, I'm feeling like this, what do I do? And I said, Lord, you said in your words, when I am weak, you're strong. Please for some of that strength because I have none. Which, and that I had none. And immediately after that, I felt as though I wanted to puke. I don't know where I got the strength from, where I got the energy from, but I ran to the bathroom. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to puke maybe gallons of whatever I have inside of me. I don't know. And a tiny little something came out. I don't know like what it was. A little something came out. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, what is this? That had me feeling so sick. And I felt as though I was never sick before. I regained all of my energy and everything, and I felt brand new in that moment. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus, but I'm not going to make that cake still. No lost love. I know my husband loves him, and he loves me. And we're going to still have a good Valentine somehow, right? <laughs> right like that. So... Okay, I started this journey with a positive mind. I remained positive. I stayed positive. I was like, you know what? If you look at this picture here, see me smiling? That was the night before the surgery. The day I had to have all the, what they call it, the bowel prep, and I had to drink all those ugly things to just cleanse everything out. And so I'm like, Cheers. Cheers to health and happiness. Cheers to long life. Cheers to the goodness of God. That is why I titled my sermon, Cheers to the Goodness of God. So I was giving God cheers because no one wants to drink those ugly things with champagne glass and straws. And, you know, so I was like, yes, this is telling me that I'm going to have a good time. Not, not a pleasant one, but a good one, right? So I said, because... Solomon, the wise man, oh, it's pretty small, says, a merry heart, do it good like a medicine, but a broken spirit, dry up the bones. Now, you see how my hands are kind of really small, and they were never big. Now, if these little bones dry up, what do you think is going to happen? If I'm old, sad, I'm like, no, that's going to cause death to come faster, and I can't deal with that, <laughs> right? And, you know, and I was thinking about it, a merry heart, do it good like a medicine, but a broken spirit, dry up the bones. You know, our bone marrows, right? That's where the, the blood is formed and everything. So if that is, and if I just stress out myself and say, oh my goodness, I'm so sick and I have colon cancer, I don't know what to do, and, and just be like that, then I would probably end up in a state of depression and feel sad and more broken. So I'm like, okay, keep it positive. Keep it great. There are positive promises in the Bible. Just keep it positive. And even when I was feeling really sick, I'm going to say, okay, I still have to keep it positive. I reached the point where I had to be hospitalized because my body was out of it. I was just not myself anymore. I was really down. I was weak, I was sick, I was in pain and everything. And I'm lying in the hospital bed. I'm lying there 
And I'm thinking, Lord, you said in everything to give thanks. How can I give you thanks when I'm in pain, right? I had a sharp pain. This pain would come as though like, just like if someone just squeezed both of my side and like wanted and just wanted to break me in half. And I'm like, how can I give you thanks when I am in pain? And I'm there thinking. Then I heard a voice said, you're in pain. You can feel the pain, right? Do you know there are millions of people who cannot feel pain and they do not know that something is wrong? <laughs> so you are feeling the pain and you know that something is wrong. And I was like, yes, thank you, Jesus, for allowing me to feel the pain. And thank you, Father, for allowing Jesus to take my pain away. <laughs> right? I felt it. It wasn't the pain didn't last long, and, but it was really bad. It was just on and off and on and off. Man. And I know what pain is. The room beside me, there was a guy, I think, because how that person was moaning and groaning, I would think, because I don't want to be mean. But I don't think that a woman would have been being so loud in the pain. <laughs> okay. nothing, nothing bad to the guys. But we know how, how much pain women can feel and be quiet about it. <laughs> right? So I said, thank you, Jesus, for helping me to feel the pain and so that I can get help. So one day when I was speaking to the oncologist and I asked her, what should I eat or what shouldn't I eat? And she said, oh, don't eat pork, don't eat ham, don't eat sausage, don't eat red meat, don't eat bacon. And I'm like, hmm. I'm there like when Peter had the vision at noon, right? You know what that is, <laughs> thinking like, okay, that's fine, thanks. And I am there thinking, okay, I have never eaten those things, but here I am being affected by the things that people think that would cause your colon to be cancerous, right? Because to be quite honest, I always do what I think I should do. Maybe I know there I can do lots more, I guess, but I've always paid a lot of attention to my diet. Oh, no, that's an... So every day I am thankful that God gives me an opportunity to have a new start. Every morning I wake up, I say, thank you, God, for a new day. This is how I'm going to deal with what I'm going through, I am not completely, I'm not sure, I'm still under surveillance, as the doctors would call it. I still have to do checks and so on. So next week I have to go do some blood work. The last set I did, everything was okay. Thank you, Jesus, for that. And I'm going to have next week to do some more checks, and I'm praying that it continue to be great. Now, there is hope beyond an ugly diagnosis, right? I am doing what I can do. I have a new start every day. I pay attention, right? I, that's me. That's what I eat. And I pay attention, and I'm happy. Drink, right? I do my, try to do my daily exercise. It's not there every day, but I do my exercises because that's what I, 
right, and drink my water, go out and get some sunshine, balance my life, be temperate in everything, right? I try to be temperate, don't overdo one thing or another. I try to keep a balance, I get some fresh air, and I take my rest when I finish jumping on the trampoline or wherever I want to go. Now, there is hope beyond an ugly diagnosis, right? And I continue to trust in God, trust in God. I trust him, and I want to encourage you to just keep trusting him. I don't know what your situation is. It might not be a diagnosis of some sort, but it can be whatever, whatever. We live in a broken world, and we are broken people, and God wants to put us all back together again someday, right? One day, and very soon, we will be out of the crucibles as we're studying the lesson, the quarterly, and God is on our side, and he wants us to be healthy, and he wants us to be happy. And John saw that in the book of Revelation when he had the vision, and he saw the new Jerusalem, and everything was great. And one thing he saw, he said, in the midst of the tree, the street of the new Jerusalem, the Lord, and on either side of the river there was a tree of life which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month and the leaves of the trees for the healing of the nation nation we would not be sick anymore we would be healthy we would be happy no diagnosis no problem no stress we would all be perfect i want to be there and i'm sure you want to be there that's why we're all here today and one day, that is going to become a reality. So let us encourage each other. Let's take care of our health as much as we can do. And let us encourage others to keep trusting God every day of our lives. And we know that surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. Thank you so much for listening to me today. Oh, when shall we have this wholeness? Oh, when shall I see Jesus? If you have a hymnal and want to turn to number 448, we'll sing, Oh, when shall I see Jesus? It's one of those peppy early Adventist songs. Please stand. Oh, when shall I see Jesus and reign with him above? And shall hear the trumpet sound in that morning? And from the flowing fountain drink everlasting love? And shall hear the trumpet sound in that morning? Oh, who shall, who 
heaven. We all want to hear that trumpet sounded that morning. We all want to spend eternity with you. We pray, O oh Father, that you would strengthen our faith and our trust in you. Help us not to give up. Help us to keep holding on, come what may, even when things don't go the way that we want them to go. For we know that you are God and you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you for being our God. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for not giving us, giving up on us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> 